0: turn over to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians this morning, and uh, do want to make you aware this morning that we do have the um, uh, tithing records uh, in the back. If you have uh, given uh, to Rankin Baptist Temple, uh, make sure that you get back there. They're in uh, last name order, Uh, so make sure you get those. um, in, uh, in the back. Uh, Listen, these, um, this is going to help us, okay, because this is not like the, this is not like the, um, card, the card thing. The card thing, you don't come get them, I'm going to throw in the trash. I can't throw these in the trash, okay, so I have to find your address, then I have to mail it to you, so whether you want it or not, if you'll go by and get it, um, I know they've changed the Tax laws, and a lot of a lot of times it's not you know you, we don't even need them anymore, but we have to give them to you, okay, by law. And so um, if you can go back there and uh, get those, uh, they're in the uh, back there in the foyer um, uh, by your last name. Uh, that'll be a help uh, to us. And speaking of cards, if you've not checked uh, the card um, uh, the card uh, slots here lately, uh, make sure that you get by uh, there as well. Uh, that is also uh, by uh, last name. And so if you could um, get uh, get that checked uh, as well and clean out uh, any cards uh, that might be in there um, uh, for, uh, for you, that would be a big, that would be a big help as well. Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number one. So we're talking about the month of January. We're talking about new things, right? We're talking about um, how um, in the new year uh, things uh, become new. And there's some things uh, uh, that uh, that we have new in the new year—a new heart to. We talked about we talked about a new hunger, having a new hunger uh, for the things of God, having a new hunger for spiritual things. I hope you have a new hunger this year uh, for the Word of God and uh, a new hunger for prayer. Um, I know I know this much, and so don't you? You you really. You really don't know how much you miss something until you can't do it anymore. Have you noticed that? Ask any shut-in about church. Be ready to sit down for a while because they're going to talk to you about how much they wish they could be in church. They wish that they could go back to the day where they did Sunday school and nursery and did all the children's ministry and VBS and, I mean, he did all these things. And boy, if they could just get back to church. Do you know how many times I've heard um, people like Miss Betty Page tell me if I could just get back one more time? If I could just uh, do... You know why? Because now... She can't get out. It's not because she doesn't want to get out. It's because she can't get out. It's like um, some of you. Some of you are like me, and you love to read. I mean, I just love to read. I was just talking to my dad the other day because I had to talk to him about this um, about the. Um, uh, about his eyes and 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 in the family any hereditary stuff in the family and and we were talking and and uh and he said that his brother stopped by and uh and uh he does work in different storehouses and people's homes and different things like that and and he said he he stopped by and Linda my stepmom loves to read she loves to read like I do and uh but she's She's that person that could, that could like read a book in each hand. I mean, she's just like, read this for a little while, read this for a little while. And she's, she one of those, she's one of those really, really smart people that aggravate you because she's so smart. And uh, she loves to read. And so uh, my uncle come over and, and dropped off seven boxes of old books. Now... Old books in the South and old books in the North are different. I mean, when they say old, they're talking about old books. And my dad said, Linda just geeked out. Somebody was throwing these books away, and I can't... It just hurts me. It hurts me to think about how many books get thrown away. And, uh, but they were going to throw them away, and my uncle said, well, I'll just bring them to Linda. And, uh, and Linda's going through these books, and of course, they don't... You know, rub it in a little bit over the telephone that uh, she got these seven boxes of books. Some of you love to read like I do, but man, you take it for granted sometimes. And then when you can't quite do it like you used to do it, you think to yourself, "Man, this year when I get when I get my I, when I get my eyes fixed, I'm gonna have a lot of makeup reading to do." And uh, why? Because I love to do it. Uh, a new hunger. Do you have a new hunger for spiritual things? Not necessarily talk about a new hunger for making money or a new hunger for. There's nothing wrong with having those kind of goals. But how's your spiritual life? What is your spiritual life? What are your. What are your. Uh, what are your things Godward uh, look like? And uh, do you have a new hunger? And then, this morning, I want to talk about. Something that we, all, uh, that we all need, and I think that, that our, our world is starving from. And that is a new hope. A new hope. When you look around, when you look at the news, when you um, turn on uh, the TV, and you see one bad thing, after another, after another, after another, you think to yourself, "There's just no hope." Understand this much, OK? When it comes to the government, you're right. There's no hope. OK? I mean I mean, about as nice as I can be as a bunch of bumbling fools. I mean, it, it is an absolute mess when it comes to um, when it comes to secular education, and even, unfortunately, some uh, Christian education. It, there's not a whole bunch of hope when you listen to me, folks. When you're when you're putting cat litter stations. In schools, because kids have decided that they are cats instead of human beings. So and and nobody thinks something's wrong with that. There's hope's gone down the gone gone down the tubes. I mean, there's no when you look around this world, Satan has successfully blinded the eyes of people to the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. And it's discouraging. Listen to me. It's, it's depressing. You want to be, you want, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody in particular, But you want to be depressed and discouraged, just listen to our president talk. 81 million people voted for him. Supposedly. Whatever. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you don't know this, we live in a divided nation. A divided nation. And I'm going to tell you, it is absolute mayhem. It's absolute foolishness. And before you bark up the wrong tree, there there ain't so many Republicans that are much better. It's an absolute mess that we live in today. And boy, if you're not careful, you'll look to the wrong place and you'll be discouraged. You'll look to the wrong place and you'll be depressed. Stop looking around and start looking up. Because that's our only hope. Our only hope is that, listen, my hope's not in this world. My hope, I want you to know something. My hope, I have to remind myself of this. Especially when things, I said in Sunday school this morning, isn't it true that when something happens, it never happens in ones. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be great if something happened and, and life was put on hold until that was solved and then something else happened? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, that would be, it would be really great if nothing ever bad happened. But if, if something had to happen, just, just one thing at a time. But it never happens that way, does it? You know, the eye doctor told me, he said, Gee, you just got a lot of things going on all at the same time. Yeah, guess what? Welcome to life. We have a lot of things happening all at the same time. And boy, if you look this way, and you look this way, and you look this way, and you think to yourself, where in the world is my hope? The problem is you're looking in the wrong direction. Because our hope isn't in this body. Our hope isn't in this world. Can you imagine? Can you imagine with me for just a second? Most of us, anyways. Can you imagine that if we, when we go to heaven, we have to keep these bodies? I know, I know, heaven's perfect, and I know there's no. But man, I'm telling you something right now. Not interested. Just not interested. I, I, I and I'm only fifty-one, and so I mean, I you, back aches and feet aches and headaches and, I mean, everything, everything aches, right? And then nothing seems to work right. And, boy, you want to take that into heaven with you? Pass. No, thank you. Our hope's not in this body. Our hope's not in people. Have you ever in your lifetime, I just want you to think about it. You might have to think about it for a long time, but I want you to think about this. Have you ever in your lifetime had somebody fail you? Hmm, right? Most of us ain't got to think about it very long at all. Why? Because it happens. Because we don't find our hope in people. That's not where we find our hope. You can invest blood, sweat, and tears, and people will fail you. Do you know now why? If you go buy a car or buy a house or buy just about anything, you have to sign your name 657 times. There's no, let's just shake on it and I promise I'm going to do it and I promise I'm going to make my payments and they're going to go, yeah, okay, right. They don't care how much money you got in the bank. They don't care if you're a millionaire, billionaire, zillionaire. They don't care how much, how much you have. They don't care how much your integrity is. They just know the nature of people. And if you know, if they're, they're not going to be trying to hunt you down if you, you say you're going to pay. But you know what they're going to do, they're going to say, hey, I need you to sign right here. I need you to sign right here. And by the way, you do the same thing. I'm not trusting no car salesman. No, no, you have a warranty, just trust me. No, 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 I want to see the warranty. I want to see the accident report. I want to see that how many miles. Oh, it doesn't have very many miles on it, just trust me. No, 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 I want to see the odometer. I want to see how many miles it has on it, right? Why? Because uh, by and far, people can't be trusted. We don't find our hope in people. We find our hope... uh, In the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this. in in the book of in in the Old Testament, book of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter three, and verse twenty six, the Bible says, "It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. That a man should both hope and quietly wait." On the salvation of the Lord. Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number one. Verse number 27. The scripture says this. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we think about hope, and we think about a new hope for a new year, we say a new hope, but it's really the same hope that it's always been. You see, we look for a new Savior in the new year, It's not a new Savior. It's the same Savior. It's still Jesus Christ. It's the same one that's always saved. It's the same one that can still save today. It's the one that has saved you. It's the one that has saved all those that have come before you. He is the one that will save all those that come after you. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. So when we talk about a new hope, I'm talking about that new hunger, that new uh, foresight, that new uh, uh, look that we have uh, with direction Are you looking in? As we look at this new hope, this coming, uh, or or this year, this 2024, we need to be looking uh, to the person of Jesus Christ. When we hope in Jesus Christ, when we hope in Jesus Christ, when we place our hope in the right place, listen to me, misplaced hope is a very dangerous thing. Misplaced hope is a very dangerous thing. When it comes to salvation, if you're hoping in anything other than the finished work of Jesus Christ, it is misplaced hope. And that misplaced hope is a dangerous thing. You know, there are people, there are a lot of people in this world, I mean a lot of people in this world, who have good intentions. I mean, good intentions. I mean, they have faith. They are men and women of faith. The problem is, if you place your faith in the wrong place, it's faith that does you no good. They have hope. They have hope in reaching heaven. They have hope in spending eternity with God. But if they are hoping in the wrong place, if you're placing your faith, your hope in yourself, you're in trouble. If you're placing your faith, your hope in your baptism, you're in trouble. If you're placing your faith and your hope in your church, listen to me, you are in trouble. If I just play, I, I, I'm just going to do the best that I can and let God sort everything else out. You are in trouble because let me tell you something, God has already sorted everything else out. Do you understand? The Bible says that you have believed and are saved, or you have not believed and you are condemned already. Not condemned one day. You're condemned already because it's already settled. Do you realize with me this morning that salvation is already settled? I'm not saying your salvation is already settled. I'm just saying salvation itself is already settled. Jesus Christ died upon the cross. Do you remember? He left the glories of heaven. He came to this sin sick world, became a man. He didn't stop being God, he started being man lived a sinless and perfect life, went to the cross, died on the cross for your sins and mine, was taken down from the cross, was uh, taken to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, and rose again the third day. And the Bible says that he is at the right hand of the Father. Finished work, place of authority. Jesus Christ is already paid Your sin debt. Now, the question remains, have you placed your faith and your trust in that finished work? The work is finished. Jesus doesn't die on the cross every time somebody gets saved. That's already been done. That's already been finished. The blood has already been shed. The blood has already been applied to the mercy seat. Salvation is complete. The question is, are you saved? Have you placed your hope, your trust, and your faith in Jesus Christ? If you're hoping in anything else, it's misplaced. And there's going to be no one. Understand this. And I know it sounds harsh, but I'm just telling you, I'm just giving you the truth. There's going to be no one that gets to heaven or gets to the the judgment and says, well, I meant to. Well, I should have. Well, I really tried hard. Do you know there are going to be some that say, I have prophesied in your name. I have taught for you. I have preached for you. I've done all these things for you. And do you know what the Bible says? That God will say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. For I never knew you. Does that mean that God didn't know that person's name? Of course not. Because God knows who everybody is. What does it mean? It means that personal Intimate relationship that is established in salvation. Are you saved? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Therein lies our hope. Because hope in Jesus Christ, hope in Christ and Christ alone will prevent condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 24, "For we are saved by hope. We are saved by hope." John chapter three. you ever heard of that chapter before? John chapter three, We love 16. Who doesn't love John chapter 3:16, right? Verse 16. Uh, uh, John, John chapter three, verse 16, Jesus said, "For God so loved the world." that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, just in case you didn't know, verses 17 and 18 come after verse 16. You know what we often do? We often take a verse that we like, we pull it out, Put it on a placard somewhere, put it on a sticker somewhere, put it on the wall somewhere. I'm not saying it's wrong because John 3.16 is complete in itself, but we forget that there are other verses that go around it. Look what verse 17 says. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to me. I had somebody tell me this one time. I don't read verse 17 and 18 because it ruins verse 16. It's like, dude, what? Listen, that's... That's depressing news. I like, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, we, 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 and by the way, sometimes we even abbreviate it and stop there. Because God saves everybody. Right? Universalism. I mean, God loves everybody and therefore he saves everybody. Therefore, everybody's going to be saved. I don't even know where we get that from. We don't get it from the Bible. We forget 17 and 18. If we don't believe, listen. If we don't believe, we're condemned already. But wait a minute! No, 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 no. We need to. We need to all wait a minute. God doesn't condemn. We condemn ourselves because Jesus Christ has already paid the way. Jesus Christ has already made the way. Our hope is already settled in Jesus Christ. The question is, do you believe or? Not believe. Our hope in Jesus Christ prevents condemnation. Number two, it provides cheerfulness. It provides cheerfulness. I love this Psalm 146. Psalm 146 in verse number five. Boy, could we all use a dose? A nice, healthy, heaping dose of Psalm 146 and verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. What happy is he? Cheerful. Joyful. Happy. Happy. Because, listen, because we're saved. Because we know Christ is our Savior. It's easy, is it not? Listen, you're not going to convince me. I, I know most of you in here well enough to know that you're not perfect. And most of you in here know me well enough to know that I'm not perfect. However, we don't even need to know each other to know we're not perfect because we're sinners, right? And we, when we fail, we falter. How many times have we forgotten joy and have we forgotten happiness because of the circumstances of life? You've heard me say it before. I love this. I heard it years ago. One guy came in Came in, sat down next to the other guy, and said, uh, "How you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm doing good under the circumstances." He said, "What are you doing under there?" You ever have circumstances just bury you, just weigh you down? And let me tell you something: circumstances of life are heavy. They're heavy. Maybe there's circumstances due to your health. Maybe there's circumstances due to your finances. Maybe there's circumstances due to your relationships. Whatever it is, whatever you're facing, don't allow your circumstances to rob you of your cheerfulness. Oh, woe is me. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. There's a lot of people in this world that are going through a lot more than I am. But you know what? Things start happening, and you start feeling sorry for yourself. I'm here to tell you, one more thing happens to my left eye, I'm just going to have them pluck it out. That's how you feel, Right? Let's, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. If one more thing happens with, if one more thing happens with, if this, this, I'm telling you, one more, I'm up to here. You ever said that? I'm right up to, bless you, I'm right up to here. And if one more thing, I'm going under. You know, what you, you, know what, you know what our problem is? Is we're thinking too much about ourselves. And we're allowing the circumstances of life just to beat us up. It's good. It's good at doing it. And by the way, let me tell you who's really good at doing that is Satan. He's good at discouraging. I mean, he's good at stealing our joy. He can't take our salvation. I hope you understand that. I hope you've really got that down. Because once you're saved, you're saved forever. and You can never lose that. David never lost his salvation. He lost the joy of his salvation. And sometimes Satan will just vacuum every bit of joy out of a person. And that person becomes bitter. That person becomes angry that person begins to separate themselves from other Christians, separate themselves from prayer, separate themselves from reading their Bible, separating themselves from going to church. Why? Because they've allowed the circumstances of life to swallow them up. I love children playing sports. I don't know when it happens. Somewhere along the way, we get just despondent when we lose in sports. We just do. We don't play board games in my house. We just don't. I mean, I, me and Brother Daniel are kind of similar on this. I mean, we play. I play Monopoly. I play to bankrupt you. There's no, there's no, I'm not playing to have fun. I'm playing to win. My children can all play a mean game of ping pong. You want to know why? Because every time I played them, I beat the fire out of them. There was no, oh, oh, you got one there. No, if I had to dive across the table and break my hip to hit the shot. And by the way, it wasn't. Oh, my goodness, I got it. was jump back up, hit your face, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I'm just being real with you. So we don't play a whole lot of board games. Why? Because, boy, I want Did you ever, you ever watch kids? I mean, I'm talking about small kids. You ever watch them play football? Baseball, I don't care what game. Soccer? I, I love the fact that they'll do Hand, a, hand the ball off to the kid, and he's running for the, for, the, for the wrong end zone. He scores. Mom and dad are in the stands just thinking that he'd done the, just the greatest thing ever. It's like, dude, none of you know how to play football, right? I mean, who, who's teaching this poor kid how to play football? They lose every single game, every game the entire season. And man, they're going out and having pizza and ice cream. I mean, they just—I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't even affect them. I don't know when the age comes. I don't know when it is. But at some point, and part of that's our fault, right? Part of that's their fault. Part of it's our fault. But at some point, we get despondent. I mean, we lose something. And I'm just, when I just—when I—when I was growing up, I. I played t-ball, and then I, and then I played uh, uh, regular baseball. And, man, I could do just about anything in baseball. I could steal a base. I mean, I could play outfield. I could play any of the bases. I could play catcher. I did a little bit of pitching. But, man, I couldn't hit a ball to save my life. I swear. Now, if they threw a fastball or something across the, across the plate, I was going to hit it. But one of those kids could throw anything, any curveball, any, any, any kind of change up, any, I'm gonna, I was going to strike out every time. And let me tell you something, off went the helmet, bam, bat went flying through the air. I mean, a, such a so. I mean, sore loser. Why? Because I didn't want to lose. I wanted to win. I wanted to be a winner. And if I didn't win, I was in a bad mood. Boy, we do that spiritually as well. We've lost our joy. We've lost our happiness because we've allowed these circumstances to get in our lives. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's our health. Maybe it's our finances. Whatever it might be, we've allowed these things, and maybe it's a combination of them. How many of us know that to be true? One thing, one bad thing happens, and listen—you got several cars, and one breaks down. The other one feels bad and breaks down with it. Right? Isn't it and it's true? I mean, it's just all y'all shaking your head because you know it's true. I mean, those things happen in life, and boy, if you let them get to you. You ever go out and just give it a swift kick, piece of junk? we we'll go out and buy me a new car, and then we'll have a thousand-dollar payment on this new car, and it's going to break down, folks. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. And guess what? Your joy's going to go, and you're going you're going to get a you're going to get a windfall. I mean, you. So, Something's, somebody's gonna give you a check or somebody's gonna give you money, and boy, you're gonna be, woo! I've been waiting for that my whole life. I now got money until you don't. And it's gone. And boy, you're back down in the pits again. God never intended that. Do you know why God never intended that? Because He didn't say your joy's in money, He didn't say your joy's in materialism. He said your joys in me. And if your jo- your joys in God, guess what never changes? God. He never changes. Circumstances are always going to change. Your health's going to change. Just is. And you're going to face one thing, you're going to face another. Your finances are going to change. Your relationships, they're going to change. I've told my kids that I've told my kids that since they were little so let me tell you something. If you have in your lifetime one or two kindred friends in your lifetime, you've done well. Now, you're going you're to be in different, different phases of your life, and you're going to have friends and acquaintances in that time, and then that time's going to be over, and it's going to change. And then it's going to change. And then it's going to change. Don't find your acceptance in people. Find your acceptance in Jesus Christ. Don't find your acceptance in how many friends you have. Do you know the generation we're living in, right? generation we're living in are more worried about how many likes they have on a picture. It's really an epidemic. It's really a problem. Well, I only got got this many likes and -and so-and-so got this many likes. Well, if I had social media, I'd like your like, or like your picture, or whatever it is, but I ain't even got it, so I ain't liking it. Right? Don't find your acceptance in how many likes you have, or how many people at school like you, or how many people at work like you. Find your acceptance in Jesus Christ, because He likes you. And if He likes you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly, but if but if Jesus likes me and you don't, I just, I'm, just, I'm not trying to make you not like me. That's not my goal. But I tell you something, if Jesus likes me and Jesus loves me, that's what matters. And that's what we should strive for. That's who we should strive to please. Because our hope is in nothing less but Jesus' blood. Righteousness. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never been saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning something that I hope you already know? That Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you supremely. He loves you sacrificially. He gave himself for you you say preacher I'm not sure I'm saved I'm not sure if I'd die right now I'd go to heaven to be with God and I'm concerned about that would you pray for me just slip your hand up this morning and right back down and I pray for you I'm not going to come to where you are I'm not going to embarrass you in any way I just want to pray for you by need remember me in your prayers preacher this is my hand please pray for me I'm not sure I'm saved is there one What a blessing it is to know that our sins are forgiven. To know that we have a home in heaven. Listen to me. What joy that brings to our hearts. What hope that brings to our lives. You can't lose your salvation, but you sure can lose your joy. You can sure lose your hope. Be careful. Be careful. Don't relinquish it. Remember, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. If you need to come for whatever reason this morning, don't wait, don't hesitate, don't put it off. If you need to come this morning, you come do business with God. Man, Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of Lord. We've got a couple decisions uh, to, to be made this morning and so uh, we are thankful for that. Miss Jenny, if you'll come on up here. Uh, this is Miss Jenny uh, Ar- uh, Arthur and uh, Miss Jenny uh, it's been coming to the church uh, for a while, and um, we have been glad to have her. Uh, and uh, Miss Jenny comes uh, this morning uh, to join by a statement of faith. If you rejoice with her and her decision, let her know by saying amen. amen. And uh, Barrett and Emma uh, are her kids, and uh, we uh, certainly uh, appreciate uh, Miss Jenny. And then I'm going to ask uh, Miss Kelly. Uh, and Miss Caroline to come on up here. And uh, this is uh, mother daughter. They've also been coming uh, to the church uh, for a while as well. And Miss Kelly George and Miss Caroline Sanders uh, um, come uh, this morning also by statement of faith. I want to join here uh, with Rink and Baptist Temple. Uh, if you rejoice with them with their, in their decision, let them know by saying amen. 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 And I promise them. That I would not embarrass them. So I'm not going to embarrass them, but I am so glad uh, that uh, they decided uh, that they wanted to join with us here at Rincon Baptist Temple. And uh, we so look forward to seeing uh, what the Lord uh, does in them and through Him, uh, through them uh, here uh, at our church. Don't forget, tonight, following the services, we will uh, have a uh, church wide men's meeting. So make sure that you're back and in your place. 6 o'clock for prayer, 6.30 tonight for the evening service. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. Dismiss us with your blessing. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.